many times I walk out after service, the Spirit of God gets on me strong. <laughs> and I thought, dog, do I need to go back out there? I can hear the Lord say, I want my house full of praise, full of worship. Because that's where breakthroughs are. Thank you, Lord. They have a Bible, turn to Proverbs 29. We're going to go back to our foundational text as we continue on the subject of vision. Now, this morning we had a great time, but it, it kind of overlapped into other subject matters, which is not unusual for this house, right? It overlays, overlaps into, and other subject matters begin to enter in. Because none of these subjects, listen to me, none of these subjects are, be, are by design to stand alone. Uh, everything has to be reconciled. You can't really talk about grace without talking about faith, without talking about right All those subjects have to connect. They have, have to be reconciled. It, you put yourself in a, in a, in a um, weird place when you just try to overemphasize one thing without uh, acknowledging other subject matters. You understand it? And you put yourself in a danger zone. If you end up in a, in a cultish type situation, God forbid, amen? Not in this house. And not in your life, amen? So Proverbs 29, and, and give me a second here to get there. This is our foundation scripture we talk about vision. We have learned that vision originates from where? God. Vision originates from God and is loaded with, um, with uh, destiny and future. It's loaded. It, it, it's loaded with destiny and loaded with, with uh, future. And demands, I, see, I said destiny, and destiny, that destiny is going to demand our diligence and our disciplines. It's going to demand it, guys. And that's what gets us in the fight, and that's what keeps us in the fight once we're in it. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to be a little redundant. To be honest with you guys, I don't like to use that word redundant. I'm going to keep repeating it and keep repeating it. And when it's fresh to you, you're hearing it. When it's fresh to you, you're hearing it. Think about it. Where did vision originate from? God. Originate from God, and it is loaded with future destiny. That destiny demands our diligence and our discipline. It's what gets us in the fight and keeps us in it. In the fight. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, read that with me out loud. Ready? Read. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where, the, where, is, where, where no vision is, when every vision, um, God installs a, a, a visionary. A visionary. That visionary is there to establish a vision from God. That vision is loaded. It's loaded with answers. It's loaded with power. It has potency. It is powerful. And the reason for that, because it's what makes it, it what gives it validity. It's what gives it strength to carry on. It's what allows the people to overcome and get beyond things. And it answers heart cry. That's why vision. Why did God install vision? Somebody cried. Somebody cried for help. God installed vision, sends visionary with vision to rescue people from dilemmas that they're perishing in. Are you getting it? Are you on the same page? People have to be rescued from their circumstances, rescued from the predicaments that they may be perishing in. So with no vision, what's happening in people's life? Well, well. <laughs> Uh, in one case, it said they're casting off restraint. Yeah. 
People with, with no vision, they invite chaos. They're pretty chaotic, and they invite a lot of chaos in their lives. Uh, people with no vision, I said, cast off restraint. The Bible said they run a little wild, and, and they're reckless. And when they're reckless, they're unmanageable. Now keep us in mind that the Holy Spirit, who's here to operate in division, in, in not division, in vision, <laughs> uh, to operate in vision, he is the force that restrains. He is the only force in the earth that can do that. Without the presence of, or the person of the Holy Spirit, there would be no restraint, and the earth would be completely chaotic. Can you imagine a life living in earth where there is no restraint? You couldn't survive the environment. None of us could. So the Holy Ghost, he is the only force that can restrain, restrain. Bridle, cultivate, refine, and restrain. That's what he does. When he's in it, that's what's going to be a part of it. So God is in the business of restraining your life, um, cultivating you, refining you, and then he introduced you to timing and, 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 and sensitivity to timing and, and guidance, those kind of things. Extremely important because of the strategies and tactics that are involved when it comes to vision. Amen? Amen. So where no vision... The people are perishing or made naked. They are completely exposed to the, to the community of darkness. Satan can knock your block off for you pretty good where you don't have hope of vision and purpose and that kind of thing. Amen? Now, I'm going to keep saying this to you over and over again. Oh, I am convinced now. I wrote a note down here. I want you to listen to this this morning. I wrote this down. I got a lot of stuff written down. But um, thank you, Lord Jesus. This is what I'm convinced of now, that um, we've moved from one year to another year, but we've moved from one decade to another decade. And you can sense, if you have any sensitivity at all, you can sense like a pushing or a movement of the spirit to situate you. How many can attest to that? If you just, I was sitting at the table last night discussing uh, uh, my daughter's uh, preaching. I wanted to hear what she had experienced in her preaching assignment. And while I'm sitting there, I could sense God shifting me. And I said, it kills me. I said, God's shifting me even like right now. He's taking my focus away from some things and turning my attention to other things. Turning my attention to other things. This is not a throwaway time. Not where you throw away people. God don't throw people away. But a certain personality that come around your life is Satan will use to distract you and get you out of focus and that kind of thing. And God doesn't want you to turn your attention to that. He wants you to pay more attention to what he's saying to you, what he's doing. There's shifting. There's a shifting going on as well as transition. A whole body of, uh, of believers, can, God can purge out a whole body of believers. Then he'll purge people out of your personal life. He'll set them in the outer courts of your life. And don't think that's harsh. Don't think it's unkind. Don't think it's ungodly. Don't think it's unspiritual. Don't think hate's got anything to do with it. It's just timing in your life. Yeah. It's transitioning time. People will argue with it, dispute with it, fuss with it, have weird opinions about it around you, but God's ready to transition you now. It's transitional time. Now, when he does that, things and people of great value will follow suit. You won't suffer loss in transition. 
things and people that had to bring great value to this time in your life, you'll not suffer loss. Don't be surprised who decides not to see it your way. Don't be surprised who starts to see it a different way or even another way. Don't be surprised who sees it in a, in a foolish way. But God wants your eyes to stay open to the, his way. And his way of doing things. Isn't that right? Now, I'm, 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 I think I'm prophesying to you. I sense that. Hallelujah. Entire fellowships, entire churches are going to break through out of circumstances and situations. Because of the powerful and the power, the potency and the power of vision that's residing in you. I'm going to say that again. Entire family units as well as entire fellowships are breaking through situations. You're coming through. The whole church will get through. All the families that make up the church will get through. You're coming through. I said you're coming through. You will see the light of day again. Hallelujah. Now I'm having to kind of settle down because something's happening to me right now. It's almost like, it's, you know, and so give me a second here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, okay. In a vision, God will send people to support. Once the vision is articulated correctly, then a, a, an authentic vision uh, merits or warrants your support. You gotta be very supportive in an in a authentic vision. You wanna qualify the visionary and what the vision is, what the, that group, that fellowship is about. Quali once you qualify that, it warrants or merits your support. Be one that supports. How do I support? You support with your encouraging others to be a part. You support by, with your monetary giftings in, in the increase of your righteous labor. You support in, in, with your gifts and giftings. You support, support. Amen. I shared this morning early on when, when it's authentic vision, it has to resist opposition. Opposition is, this, I call it the inevitable, the inevitable side effect of vision. There can always be some people with weird ideas about who you are and what you're about. There can always be some who misrepresent who you are and what you're about. You got opposition out here. It's just, it's just how it is. Some are going to agree, some aren't going to agree so much. Some just don't see it the same way. Amen. When it comes to authentic vision, it involves uh, a, a, a heavy sanction, one that has such weight to it that opposition can't stop its movement. Now watch this, follow this, guys, because I'm telling you, it plays right into your family unit. Don't ever separate yourself from what God's doing. When we were learning about this kind of thing, we lived in that little duplex, my wife and I. And God was trying to teach us to get into a certain system, and I didn't understand it. Nobody was teaching me. Remember the man in the chariot reading the Bible, the eunuch? Don't think the eunuch was broke. I don't think the eunuch was driving. I think the eunuch was being chauffeured. You go look at it. That eunuch was no slave, brother. That boy, that boy ran, uh, he ran the, the wealth of that house. And he was being driven. You can't drive and, and, and read at the same time. 
like some people try it. <laughs> but he's reading. He's focused on what he's reading. He's being chauffeured. How do you know that? Because he orders the chariot to stop. And when the man of God came up close beside him, when he drew the Holy Spirit drew him near the dead chariot, he was running. The man of God was running. How I many know you got to be in shape? <laughs> he was he was running. He ran up beside that chariot while it was moving and said, "Understanding what you're reading, he's running and talking." And he said, "How can I, except some man, some man, some teacher, someone, somebody from God show me? I don't know what I'm looking at here." So he ordered the chariot to stop for me. I mean, well, actually, I think he jumped up on the chariot and he sat down and he, and he began to preach Jesus to him. He said, oh, that's the way he's talking about? Yeah, yeah, this lamb, he's talking about Jesus. He said, what's keeping him getting, getting baptized and what? He said, nothing. Right there, some water. He ordered the chariot to stop. They jumped in and got in that water, didn't they? He came up out of that water and the man of God was gone. Where'd he go? He was transported supernaturally. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some supernatural stuff going on here. Here we go, right back in there from, from the early service this morning. You better get ready for the supernatural now. Step out of the ordinary. Stuff you didn't even plan on. Bigger and better than what it could have been in, from your own hands. <laughs> he was transported supernaturally. Found himself in another city, another region there. Just, boom, ain't that awesome? That's pretty awesome. How do we get, how, where, where are we going with this, Lord? Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to keep going with it. Um, so we talk about authentic, the authenticity of a vision. Uh, guys, you got to factor in the authenticity of the, of, the, of the visionary, what he or she is about, who God has sent to you. you got to pay attention to them. They're going to say words that are going to closely associate with your life. Don't ever get offended when the intent of your heart is exposed to you. Don't ever get offended. That moment is very personal. Remember when Paul said to them in Ephesians, he said, This I say and testify in the Lord, henceforth not walk, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds, having their, being alienated from life of God, their hearts were hardened. So your hearts are hardened, alienating yourself from the life forces of God because of the hardness of your heart. You are alienating. Don't ever alienate yourself from God because your heart gets hard because of what's being said to you and it feels that way on a very personal basis. When it comes to you in a very personal way, you ain't got but a couple of options. Just to recognize that God is among you or just get offended by it. But what comes with an authentic vision is words from God and they come to you in a very personal way. So this is what he said, this I say, no, what I'm fitting to say, is what they say in Chattanooga, what I'm fitting to say, <laughs> God told me to say to you. So he's writing to them in a very, very specific. Everybody say specific. specific. <laughs> I didn't say Pacific. I said specific. <laughs> Just kidding. God would begin to speak in vision, in life. He would begin to speak to you in a very, very, very specific way, in a very personal way, and you can't be offended when it happens. Hallelujah. It gets very specific and it gets very personal because when you cry from, heart, God, from your heart to God, God's not going to lie to you. You're about to get the truth from God and nothing but the truth. Amen. 
So it's, it's truth telling. That's what a preacher is supposed to be, a truth teller. A teller of truth. And um, so within the vision, you're going to find the authenticity of that. Upholding the truth. The truth upholds. Truth, truth releases a force that causes you to prevail. Truth prevails. Just because somebody lied on you, don't think that's the end of the story. The truth in you and about you will prevail. It is the force that prevails. They lied on me. It will come to nothing. The truth will prevail. You don't have to lie to try to protect you or protect it. The truth will prevail. Operate in the truth. The truth, listen to this. Truth will bring compensation to your life to make up for any loss or any setback in your life. Truth prevails. Hallelujah. Be found in the truth. So be truthful. Be truthful and you'll win. You'll be a constant winner at life. Oh, Lord, where in the world you got me going with this? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Entire fellowships are going to break through. I said entire fellowships are going to break through. In a vision, God will begin to set gifts in there, and they'll go from a place of incompetency to competent. You can be made competent. If you watch people in the scriptures, when you work with a vision, you yield your gifts to whatever in a vision, God begins to measure to you, you have the benefit of a spiritual awakening, um, an illumination, I said like this, an illumination in your spirit, illumination in your soul. You'll stay woke all the time. You'll see things and know things you otherwise wouldn't know. Your faculties get keen. Your senses get up. Real keen senses. And it makes you more competent than others. I mean, yeah, than others. Remember, I'm trying to think, it may have been Joseph. I'm trying to think who it was that was so jealous of this man. Daniel, maybe. That was true with them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were so jealous. Who was the bookkeeper? Was it Joseph? Keeping the books for Pharaoh? In the house of Pharaoh and all that? And the people were so annoyed by his promotion, his elevation and promotion, that they tried to, they set up, had people alive about him, all that kind of stuff. And they, and they brought in the pit bulls of the day, what we would call internal revenue service. They brought them in because they were certain they were going to find error or some misappropriation of funds in his bookkeeping system. The Bible said they found none. Zero. You understand? Zero. These are hard people to lie, hard people to insult. But they couldn't do, listen to me, I'm using double naked, couldn't do nothing with that boy. But everything God had that boy touching was, was, was excellent. Everybody say it with me. Excellent. Excellent. Nobody better. Nothing better. Nobody kept books, uh, keeping systems like his. His bookkeeping was excellent. In a vision, when you're part of, when you're part of a vision, whatever talent you bring has to be one that can be managed. You can't be a part, you can't even assume the, the position of a manager when you're unmanageable. So you're instructed to do it one way, but you're going to do it your own way. You're unmanageable. Well, I ain't used to it that way. We know. We know. 
When I was 17, I was drafted into a Chicago Cubs farm a, a baseball team. Too young. I should have went on to college, took a scholarship. Young and dumb. Everybody young and dumb, just most of them. <laughs> but I was one of the young and dumb ones. Should have went on to college, took my scholarship, all that kind of, but didn't do it. And I remember going to uh, 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 one of our minor league camps in uh, Bradenton, Florida. And when they found out I was from Tennessee, they said, Tennessee, Tennessee. They said, we know somebody from Tennessee. Said, and they mentioned the town up here, which, which is close to the town I grew up in, Athens. And when they mentioned the man's name, I said, I know him. He was a part of their farm system. I said, man, that man used to stay at my daddy's house. He played ball with my daddy. And my daddy was a good ball player. And that man, that man looked good striking out. <laughs> you ever seen anybody like that? That can just do no wrong? He strike out, and you go, man, he look good striking out. <laughs> I mean, he just got, he's got everything. The boy looked good in uniform, looked good catching the ball, looked good. He didn't look good. He was good. And we knew he was going to do well. I said, what happened to him? He said, man, he was all of that, but he was unmanageable. Uncoachable, unmanageable, unusable. Cost him a career. Nobody could tell him anything. Unmanageable. Wow. I said, that would cost him. Yeah, would cost him. And he had a reputation for it. Nobody could tell him anything. As good as he was, he didn't make it. That interfered with a career. Cost him a career. What about that? But see, when God puts a vision in place, God is among the people. I said God is among the people. And there are things that get said, things that get done, that proves to people that God is among the people. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Somebody shout hallelujah. This is my Kool-Aid. This is you in my, right up in where I, I like being. So, Pastor, how you learn about this? Uh, living in that duplex, trying to keep lights on, trying to pay your rent, uh, that teach you a lot. Walking, trying to get to work, trying to have a job to go to. All that stuff, is, you, you learn a lot from God. If you're serious about life, you learn a whole lot. Hallelujah. One of the first things I learned about life, when we, just, when, when, we, when we hold you up right there and we come back to it, I'm going to do it anyway, whether you want me to or not, but... <laughs> But you go to first, y'all remind me, where are we going to come back to? 14, okay. Go to First Peter 3. I'm going to show you something here. Here's one, when you want out of stuff, you got to do it the way God tells you. Because remember, you don't know what you're doing. How many wants out? You want to get past. You want to get past. I just asked the question. How many want to get past? You, you, want, to, you, want, you want to, you know, understand the progression of this how you get beyond, how you get to something stronger, something better, something, all that. Don't be a person who says to themselves, oh, that ain't necessary. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's necessary for the next generation of people, for your offspring and then their offspring. It, it, it's necessary that you get to more strength, that you get to better life, stronger life. Don't you agree? On all fronts. And all fronts. Um, First Peter chapter 3. Here's one of the things I learned, guys. Verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue 
from evil. Now, you see, who is he talking to? The one that wants it better. If you want the better life, that would be me. I said, that would be me. I want it better. I want it stronger. I want it better. I want to carry some weight. When I walk in a room, I want it to make a difference. When I'm a part of something, I want to be one of the difference makers. If I walk into a setting, I want to be one, one of the one who makes the difference. Amen. Amen. For he that will love life and see good day, let him refrain his tongue from evil. Let's look at that in the ample somewhere. Does it say, does it help us any? Look at the message there. And his lip that, that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace. Do what? He's a, he's a peace seeker. And eschew it. For, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if, you follow, if you're followers of that which is good? One of the first things you learn about God is doing it that way. Get your mouth off people. Get your mouth off stuff. Don't be so highly critical. Don't be so highly judgmental and self-righteous. Get that out of your life like yesterday. <laughs> Hallelujah. Find the best of every situation that you can. I'm telling you, if you want, he just said, if you want to see good days, live this way. Live this way. Um, in a vision, you're going to always have, from time to time, it's not unusual, i say it like that, it's not unusual that personalities intrude the fellowship and they never encourage goodwill between individuals. They divide. In vision, there's something called division that wants to get in there. To divide. So be on guard for that. Recognize when people are interfering with the flow of things, and they're interfering with the continuity of things, interfering with the um, uh, with how God is networking people. If I was you, I wouldn't, uh -uh, I wouldn't do it. See, that's what they're there for. They're there to interfere with the continuity right. and the flow of things. But not in here, is it? You know why I can't survive in here? It's always attempted to, but it can't survive because you got an authentic prophet. It can't survive. It can't survive. Oh, it'll hang around a little bit, but it can't survive. Why? Because it's always being revealed that it's there. Anytime it's there, it gets dealt with. When I worked at the other place, so I worked, well, that's what it was. Work was at the other place on Brandon Road. I used to tell people, uh-oh, here come a grenade. Every now and then I pull a grenade out of my pocket. I said, duck. And I said, because you got to blow up stuff sometimes. <laughs> you got to expose some stuff. No, nah, that ain't going to work. I said, duck. Boom. <laughs> you know, and people say, yeah, we know who that is for. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. And that is to protect everybody involved. See, you don't kill people, but it's not unusual that God would quarantine them. He'll quarantine them because they're highly infected and highly contagious. And 
they can get in there and mess up a whole lot of people for you if you don't have enough courage to quarantine that individual and do your best to treat them and nurture them back before you can put them back in the sheepfold. If you don't, it can be sheep infection going on. Sheep infection. And you got a whole contaminated sheepfold over one or two. You have to quarantine that person. And God's going to keep you. Can I show you something? We're going to Corinthians. Go to, <laughs> go to 2 Kings. Don't y'all run out because everybody thinks it's you. 2 Corinthians. I mean, excuse me, 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6. And I say, God, don't be, you know, since I've been pastoring, which, you know, pastoring is not my first function. And can I tell you something here while you're going over 2 Kings? And I told you it would overlap a little bit, didn't it? But guys, I got two or three years on most of you on this, so just kind of let me work from that place, you know. So uh, I'm, I'm a little qualified, don't you think? I'm going to know a couple more scriptures probably than some of you, and I should. And if I didn't, I'd get up and leave, you know, y'all if I were you. But, you know, that, that, that's, 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 that's just not unusual that that happens. And in, in, in a vision, some things have to be uncovered, unfolded, that kind of thing. I've never enjoyed doing that. It won't hurt people. It protects people. So it takes a pretty good mastery, and it takes coming out of the right heart and right spirit to do these kind of things. Oh, you're going to kill the innocent. You're going to hurt the good. That's so why Jesus said, let the wheat and the tear grow together. If you strike a tear, you're going to damage the wheat. So as a preacher, you learn to have some mastery there. You don't have to compromise when that's attempting to get in. I was listening to a, a man of God. He said, man, I had to preach on love for a whole year in my church. He said, man, I found that boy, they were mean up in there. I'm joking, they were mean. I said, you could have asked me. I told you that because I, <laughs> I encountered some of them. Them joking were mean. Mean. They were so mean, you didn't want to go to church. They had a couple of ushers. I was watching to make sure what side of the building they was on. When they was over there, I'd go on the other side make sure I didn't have to deal with them. Mean folks, man. Mean. This thing, I wasn't even a member. I'm just visiting. I'm just showing up for conferences. And that, that was more than what I want to deal with. Can you imagine people dealing with it on a weekly basis? Shana, shana. <laughs> Who wants to deal with that, man? You deal with enough craziness during the week. You're supposed to come to church and let you, woo, ha, ha, hallelujah. It's like going home to chaos. I don't want to go home to chaos. I go home to rest. It's a sanctuary. I ain't going home. I deal with hell out right here. I ain't trying to come down and find it. But you got people dodging church. Man, them folks mean. And guess what? They are. Joker's mean. Hallelujah. But if you ask them to think they're, they're spiritual. <laughs> you mean. Joker mean. Mess up the whole flow of things. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, there are schemes that start. There are mutinies. There are conspiracies that have to be dealt with to keep a, 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 a ministry flow going and vision things going. It's just out there, guys. Nothing to do about it. I just learned from uh, my daughter sitting there with her, talking to her last night, that 
she got a text from a friend who was a she and her husband are pastors and so they came back from vacation only to learn that the whole their whole entire leadership turned in their notification they were leaving and they were starting their own church I said wow what a heartbreak to come back home to you know that had been brewing the whole time been brewing the whole time they should have took some grenades and started throwing them around in there don't you understand there is no, listen to me, there's no solution for rebellion but one. There's no solution, listen to me, zero, no solution to rebellion but one. It's called death. It has to die. You can't take it to lunch and change it. You can't give it gifts and change it. You can't put it in a mansion and change it. Nothing you can do. There's only one solution for rebellion. Death. It has to die. Isn't that something? So watch this. Second Kings. Are y'all with me? Amen. Second Kings chapter 6 and look at verse, um, verse, uh, verse 8. The king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants saying in such and such a place, shall be my camp. What's he planning? An ambush. He's planning to ambush uh, uh, the nation of Israel. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. In other words, the man of God said, he sent word of it, said, Don't you go that way, that you're going to get ambushed. Look at God protecting the movement of that nation, just like he'll protect the movement of your life. Just like you protect the movement of a vision. You see, you see the coalition here? When God, when your work and your life is under sanction like that, God will protect your movement. I don't care what the enemy's planning. Y'all ain't heard nothing I said. And he's always planning something but to know a bell. I said, but to know a bell. He's always lying and scheming and 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 but to know a bell, it'll come to nothing. Remember that? No weapon formed against you prosper? <laughs> that's right. Every tongue risen against you? Yeah, that's right. That's not something you use against each other. You mad at sisters? No, I ain't going to say her name because Sally, because <laughs> your name might be Sally. People get offended. That's not when you start attacking each other. So look what happened. So, the, so the, uh, verse 9, the man of God sent unto to the king of Israel and said, Sam, don't y'all go that way, you're going to get ambushed. Verse 10, and the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once nor twice. In other words, he said, this was, this was happening all the time. Their movement was under constant guard of God. Don't you see what's happening to a group of people in the division? Your movement is under constant watch of God. Constant God. God is constantly guarding you. God is oh, watching over you. What constantly? He's watching over your movement. He's watching who? He's watching over you constantly. Hallelujah. And verse 11, Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore, his trouble for this thing. He was troubled. He called his servants and said unto them, verse 11, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? So the way, how are they knowing all of our movement? Somebody among us must be a spy. Somebody got to be telling him this. That's how come he knows this. 
Oh, I can get that here. <laughs> One lady come and said, Pat, you looking right at me when you said that. <laughs> I said, well, I look at everybody. I had to look somewhere. I said, so I, I think you're talking about me. <laughs> I said, did it, did it, did, did it wreck on you like it was you? I said, well, then it was you. <laughs> oh, he, he talking about me. Then it was you. I didn't know it, but you did. I don't need to know it. I don't have to know it. Let me go further. I don't want to know. But God knows because he's among us. And you and I had always needed to stay in a place of honor and reverence because he pointed it out to you. He couldn't ignore you. God only chasing those that he loved. The only reason why he pointed it out to you is because he's personally interested in you and personally invested in you or he would just ignore you. Or he would just handle you cordially. What an honor to be chastened by God. What an honor that God cares enough about you to correct you. What an honor that God cares enough about you to point out something that needs to adjust or change about you. God can accelerate your craft if you let him point out things about you. I heard about a surgeon, a brain surgeon or something, and this man was anointed. I about made up my mind. You don't want anybody touching you that's an anointed. I don't care what kind of feel. He's so-and-so doctor. You anointed? No, God, huh? don't touch me. If you don't know God, don't be touching me. I'm seeing something, man. I'm messing with my teeth, my toes. Oh, my God. See, we got anointed doctor back here. Did your toes fix it? The tool ain't working right. He'll get his word out on you. Maybe be messing with you ain't got no anointing on their lives. Okay, who are they supposed to be? What school they graduated from? You better listen to me. Don't let it be touching on you like that. But they got, they was, every time they were planning an ambush, it was getting exposed. The man of God was saying, no, don't do that. So he said, must be a spy among us. Somebody's telling him something. That's how come he knows that. So he started to find the spy. But a man among his company speaks up and says, ain't no spy here. So there's a dude over there named Elisha. He said, even though we're discussing this in our private chambers, even though we at the coffee shop talking about it, even though we over here, you know, in our own little, little boxes talking about stuff, it's still being exposed. He said, that's that prophet over there telling on us. We can't plan it. He said, well, who is it? He said, his name Elisha. And said, so he over there telling them, said, look at that, he way over there still seeing what they're doing. He said, you can't hide from God. What's you done lost your mind? Because God is among the people that carrying out his vision. Constantly, 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 constantly. Don't go here, go there. Stop right here, hold right here. Get over here. Stop right here a minute. Constantly. If you listen to God, that's how he'll be doing your family unit. Your life, nothing is hid from God and nothing will be hid from you. If it pertains to you, it won't be hid from you. Are y'all listening? Supernatural movement. I'm about out of time. I'll get to 2 Corinthians and we'll stop. He said, no, nah, we got a boy. He said, all right, look, look at this. <laughs> look how silly he sounds. 
He said, uh, one of the servants, verse 12, one of the servants said unto him, no, no, Lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber, in your private chambers. And one translator said, whatever you wish me, no matter. He said, don't matter. He said, he still gets told. <laughs> so guess what the king said? And he said, go and spy where he is. Oh, so you think you still here? I tell you what, y'all go spy on see what <laughs> he said how silly that looks. So let's find out where he is. Then capture him and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's gonna happen when God's in, in, involved with stuff. Last verse, and then we're gonna stop. What I tell you, so Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14. Now, guys, this can elevate to something a lot more advanced. I'm gonna leave it about right here. But if you're running an operation, I don't care what it is you're doing, your family units involved with stuff. Guys, trust God to keep you abreast. And just do what he says. He's protecting you the whole time. He knows what he's doing, see. First Corinthians, I think, did I say first Corinthians or second? Let me make sure that's what I want. Um, yeah. First Corinthians chapter 14. Now watch this, guys. I'm going to show you that a, a true, authentic vision among a fellowship has the benefit of this. And true sanction from God on your personal life and family unit has the benefit of this. God's always gonna shield you and protect you. It doesn't matter what comes against you, he's gonna get you around it. It doesn't matter what tries to pull you down, God's gonna lift you up. It doesn't matter what tries to stop you, I'm telling you just how it's gonna be. He's gonna always show you. You'll never be left in the dark. That, listen to this, because my people are so sin conscious, they think, well, that's what's done in the dark, gonna be come out in the open. That ain't what he's talking about. He's talking about, he's talking about pertinent information can't be hid from you. Things instrumental, things you need to prosper with can't be hid from you. Stuff you need can't be hid from you. It's gonna come out toward you. Why? Because it's you is looking for anyhow. So you got people always trying to hide sin. Boy, everybody know you sinning. Can't hide sin. Why? Because you can't sin by yourself. <laughs> you know anybody sinning by themselves? <laughs> Ain't no fun for long anyway. You're limited sinning by yourself. You got to have folks sin with. You're going to have any fun at it. Ain't nobody kind of like that. You're so caught up in all this sin talk. What's wrong with you? Get that off your mind. Just live and watch God cover you. Watch him. Come over here now. Huh? Come over here now. Don't be questioning that. Just flow with him. Come over here now. And just flow with him. He got you covered. He got you covered. Amen? So when you come in a church setting, Things have to be said to show things on the open for everybody's protection. Look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Here's where we're going to get ready to stop. Uh, look at verse, um, he's talking about prayer language and tongues and the uses of it, usage of this operation in a church setting. It's not always appropriate for everybody to jump up and start speaking in tongues. But then there are moments where, where it is. Now, was it probably one individual jump up and start speaking to each other? Everybody said, what in the world are they talking about? You, you don't know. He said, unless there's some edification here, 
it's not useful. Unless somebody else is benefiting from what you're doing, it's of no use in a church setting, is it? So when you're doing your private prayer studies, and I mean prayer, prayer languages, the Bible said pray to yourself for self-edification. What do people get into? They get into, they get into um, uh, self-gratification instead of people edification. People sometimes want to do things because it makes them feel, makes them look. When God wanted to benefit everybody that's in your, your, your immediate um, surroundings. Amen. Amen. All right. Now look at this. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 24. If, but if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all that he, he is judged of all. And thus are the secrets, look at this, but the secrets of his heart made manifest, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. So what's happening? When the Holy Ghost really gets to do what he really does, one of his operations, not the only one, it's not unusual from time to time that he begins to operate around us in such a way that nobody has to even think they have to hide. Anything. You don't have to hold a grudge when you can just love that person. And when the Holy Ghost points out to you that that's not what's best for you, fall on your face and say, you're right, God. It's time for me to fix this. I mean, you got a lot of people in fellowships who are upset with each other about various things. And they want to hide it in the heart. And you want to suppress that when God wants you to release that and get rid of that. So it would be better for you and the person in your life. Let them go. I remember I was in, I'll just be honest, I was in a sons and daughters meeting with the pastor's daughter. And we were sitting there and I did, we all bend over the, I mean, just bowed our heads over the prayer. I bowed my head over the prayer. And when I did, I felt an eye on me. An eye. One big eye on me. And I went like, well, you know, what's going on? <laughs> I felt this big eye. Then I realized it wasn't a natural one. It was God's eye. And I said, what, what, what's going on here? He said, you know that sister over there that, 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 that has some issues with you? Yeah, fix that. Mm. I'm not interested in your prayer. You fix that. Hallelujah. I said, But God, she's the one. I said, fix it. Amen. Look at the Bible said, if you know your brother has all, that's them with the issue with you. But that's still the part of that that you gotta fix. It. And, it, and I'm thinking, they the one did it. Amen. They the one did it. Amen. I'm getting a lot of that these days. Even grandparenting with Lacey and uh, Reagan. I got home last night, and we got that upstairs room. We done did it nice for you. Y'all get up there and you stay out of this room down here. I get down there and saw them, uh, what do you call them, drinks, them, the plastic, the fruit drinks, whatever they are. Box drinks. Jukebox. I uh, mean, not jukebox. Um, juice box. Got them straws in and all that. And I saw three or four of them up under the apple cups all up under the bed, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all get out of here. And I'm pulling that. And all you can hear was, laser did it. Reagan did it. I said, Lacey, you know you don't want to eat this stuff right here. 
So the blame game starts. Happens in church all the time. It's costing you. This has to be the time of your life where you outgrow this. It's going to make you a lot more powerful, a lot more potent. It's going to make uh, things happen. It's going to accelerate things in your life. You can't, you can't go around. Guys, people will give you good reason to want to. Because they do some things. <laughs> people will get, yeah, that, that, that give you, they give you grounds for wanting to, wanting to do some things to them. <laughs> but when the word comes, like it's coming right now, and let me let me let me qualify this. I want to apologize for. I don't know any of y'all like that. I ain't trying to get with y'all like that. I don't need. I'm not one of them kind of pastors. I don't need to know about all your business. Don't bring it to me. I ain't, I'm not interested like that. I'll help you, but I don't know about your dog and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> your cat. That's your business. <laughs> Amen. So when the secret thoughts of your heart are made manifest or revealed, it's amazing how you think everybody else sees you. Everybody else knows you. He's talking about me. Somebody, nobody will know if you just sit there. <laughs> when it happens, don't take offense. It, that's not the place where you become offended. It should serve as proof that God is among us yeah. and that God is helping us. Yeah. I was raised up in the house of six, six folk. My, my sister is the youngest, so she kind of missed a lot of that. She's a baby. But my, well, actually, my sister is, I think I'm about six years old now or something like that. But anyway, she got up to the age where my, my youngest brother, and then he got the three older siblings. And, um, I'm telling you, they had that old school rule. One went down, everybody went down. <laughs> One messed up, everybody got to go down. So we had this rule, don't be messing up everybody, man. We'd be fighting up here. All right, boy, you're going to get us all in trouble. Everybody, old school rule. One mess up, everybody got to go down. There's going to be some beatings in here. <laughs> some beat downs are going to happen. Guilty, not guilty. This, you just... Everybody going down. Ain't nobody got time. They're working too hard and too long. We're trying to figure out who's wrong. They're going to get everybody. <laughs> Mama come home, work. She's tired. She ain't got to hear no stories. Everybody getting a whooping. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Everybody got beat down. <laughs> Who broke that? Well, all, don't hit. Everybody line up. It's over with. We know we got the right one. <laughs> everybody got too tired. But you know, it's a little bit different with God. Even though we got one acting up, he ain't gonna beat everybody down. But everybody had to wait on them while they're getting beat down. We gotta sit and listen to this one. We could be talking about something else. We got to deal with this one. We could be prospering on something else. Because God's like, uh, ain't nobody going nowhere now until we fix Lulu. <laughs> Lulu messing up, and she's going to mess up everybody. But if we ignore Lulu, she's going to get everybody in trouble. Yeah. So everybody sit quiet for a minute while we deal with Lulu. Yeah. 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 That's how God does it. Because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. If we let Lulu keep going, Lulu gonna mess somebody up. 
Next thing we know, spread it all over the place. And all we had to do is take the time to help Lulu out for a minute. And then we're good, up and running again. That's how that works, man. That's how God does it. And I can know when you got a few Lulus around, it just happens. You have to pause. Oh, don't feel bad. We had to deal. God had to deal with Aaron and Miriam the same way. Remember that? They got out there whispering, I'm anointed too. It usually happens with people who think they, ought to, they deserve more acknowledgement and all that kind of stuff. And I ain't going there. They don't acknowledge nobody. There you go with that. Like you're going to get my job. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> you can get my job. <laughs> when I get to preach, you get to preach every day. On your job, at the store, at your house, your neighborhood. You get to preach. You got a wall out here, but don't be trying to get my job. This is my job. Amen. <laughs> don't get acknowledged there. You get acknowledged out there if you go on out here and preach. That's where I started. And then when God brings the family unit into it, I said, God, I didn't want to subject my wife to this kind of warfare. I didn't want that for her. I didn't know she could deal with all this craziness that goes on in the spirit. And I sure didn't want to subject my, my, my daughter and her family unit to this, but, you know, but it's, there it is. Who do you think is going to be the most criticized family unit in the, among us? Us. Who do you think is going to be the most uh, whatever among us? Us. I can say, let's sit over here. I wonder why they do that. Ain't no sense over there. It's, some, it's just all the time. Well, don't sit over there then. <laughs> us. Now, I, I, you know, I've gotten real good because used to, I just didn't, I didn't care what I didn't care what post. <laughs> I got where Kilson has helped me a lot to be sweet with people. But when I'm dealing with a fool, I treat him like a fool. Oh, you're a fool. Okay, you want <laughs> I don't hang out with fools, man. That's a fool. So, I, you know, I, I tend to do like that, but I've got much better at this. I think I have. Y'all might say, I don't know. <laughs> but I have I got much better at that. I'm going to love everybody, but I ain't going to hang out with everybody. I don't hang out with fools now. I'm available to anybody when you acknowledge a certain term. Now we've got layers in place. got people in place. And I'm trying to, you know, you know as we put people in places, and particularly my dog, <laughs> listen, Kelsman and Ivan, they're pastors. Curtis, is, Curtis is a, was the first guy acknowledged as a our, one of our assistant pastors in the church. My family didn't have a bit of problem with that. Because of kids, Daddy, I'm your daughter. I can't believe you did it. No, everybody in the church knew that that was appropriate. Right. Am I right? Yeah. And it still is. Everybody knew that. Even my family knew that. Yeah, that's, that's curse. Yeah. They just waited. <laughs> that, that's appropriate. If you're sober minded, you know about those kind of things. How you you you, you can sense it. You you know, yeah. That's a connection. Hallelujah. I'm gonna tell you something. God's got prosperity on His mind this year. I'm gonna talk to you this year. It's right there. I said it's right right there. Not gonna be on your terms. Or you gotta listen to Him. You know what He's doing. And so I didn't want, you know, but, but since they're elevation ordination, guess what they are? Pastors. Kills is a pastor here. Ivan is. We have other systems. We, we, our elders are elevated up here. And 
in the best interest of the vision, the flow of the house, and the continuity of, and, and the coalition of relationship, don't entertain or even endorse or engage, uh, um, um, in, engage voices that are contrary to that. You correct, nope. No. It ain't just listen to me. It's listening to what I, God has used me to put in place here. We got people in place. So Aaron and Mary, they started that, didn't they? Well, he knows it ain't the only one that knows it. He just opened up the Red Sea. Let's see you go open up one. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Where's, where's your Red Sea experience? <laughs> How are you going to criticize a man just opened up the Red Sea for you? How are you going to criticize a man that, that, that bread out of rocks and rain out? What? Uh, what? It don't matter what happens. You can raise the dead and people criticize you. I mean, you, it, it just, it just folks. And God said, Mary, yeah. Aaron, what? And Moses, y'all come out here. Let me, let me holler at you. Yeah, run in your mouth. And I don't think Moses knew so much. Now, he probably got the wind of it. But it wasn't much of an issue, but it was a major issue with God because he knew the danger of it. He said, honey, you don't shut your mouth. I know I've graced you to be a prophetess. I use you in that capacity. I use you also, uh, uh, Aaron, in that capacity, high priest and all that. But Moses, I'm not having dialogue with you all like I am with Moses. But Moses... I'm not talking to you face to face, apparent. He's in my face, y'all. When it comes to you, his words are mine. So you thought you was coming against him, didn't you? You were coming against me. And see, that's that's the that's the benefit of an authentic prophet, and that's the danger of one. That's the danger of one. Because his words aren't his. They're God's. So he says, uh, they would have been in a whole lot worse um, situation had Moses, who they were coming against, had not intervened. Look at that. Look at that. Moses, the man they're criticizing, the man they're undermining, is the man having to talk to God, intercede for them to protect them. So God, Moses negotiates a smaller or lesser, I'll say, penalty for Mary. So God said, I'll tell you what, if she had been guilty of doing such and such in their culture, they said they would spit in the face and all that kind of you know, stuff like that. They would just kind of disown them and deal with them as, as consequence. He said, for her, for her violation, I'm going to set her outside the camp for seven days. I think she was hit with leprosy or something. She said, for seven days, I'm going to set her outside the camp for her violation. Moses negotiated that minor situation for her. And so the whole nation or the vision of the whole nation of Israel had to stop in, and be in a holding pattern until Mary can get herself back where she belongs. Miriam. 
So the whole nation sitting there waiting on sister. At the end of seven days, brought it back in the camp, they started to move again. Don't you be one that hinders the flow and the acceleration of a vision. Don't do that. God loves you enough to fix you. I don't know how he would do this today. That's how he did it then. Boy, I'm sensing on my knees here. Hallelujah. Guys, this ain't no scary time. It's a fun time. It's a happy time. This is a rejoicing time. This is an awesome time. But I've never positioned myself sideways inside of a vision. And I'm inside of some pretty good-sized ones. And you ain't going to find me on the other side of the table. You're not going to find me indifferent with Even stuff I don't even know. Did they say do it that way? <laughs> How come? I ain't asking nothing. Where are we going? What are we doing? You just go with it. You just go with it. There's some people, man, there's so many changes that go on around them. You couldn't keep up with them. Change is a necessary component for, for speed sometimes, acceleration and growth. And that's what people fight. They don't like change. Well, it's fine just like it is. No, it's not. You got to preempt. Sometimes you got to go before stuff go wrong. You got to be moving. You know the old adage, it's a bad one. If it ain't fixed, don't broke, don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Get that out of your mind. Get that out of your mind. Don't you buy that. That's for lazy people. They ain't waiting on something to get to get broke. Then they're trying to fix it. Well, you should have been moving and you you'd have got past. <laughs> so lazy then. So in a vision, you don't do well with lazy people. You can't do well with people who are not progressive in their thinking and so forth. Don't let the devil do you like make you dull and lazy and you know all that. Don't do that. Get up on your toes, man. Get excited about this, you know. At least get a little more closer to being excited than what I am about it all. Hallelujah. Amen. Now we're we're moving into a time of our our tithing offering. And indeed I, I accept it as a privilege because they started asking me to do the offering, which I wasn't doing at all for years. And I started doing this a few months ago. And I'm starting to see something about the tithe. What you want to do as an individual, as a family unit, is get into the, that powerful operation of the tithe. It's powerful, it's potent. It's what brings power and potency to your life. Now watch this. It's when you engage the tithing system, the tithe, the tithe operation, you permanently position yourself and your family unit to prosper. It permanently positions you to prosper. So you want to qualify the soil that you engage that tie in. You want to qualify the vision that you engage it in because that's part of what permanently positions your family to prosper. That's what brings potency and power. That's what allows you to invite the supernatural in to have the final say about your outcomes. Are you listening? I'm going to say it while you're doing it. It's when you do this, that's what invites the supernatural in to have the final say about how you come out. Hallelujah. Especially when other things, other things are trying to block you and stop you. Guys, I'm telling you, I've been enjoying the benefit of this supernatural thing for, for a little while. Amen. For a good little while now. It has broke me through, put me in places that I couldn't, watch this, I couldn't afford to be in. 
but God could pay the bill. But God put me in there, and he never put you in a place where there's a strain. You won't be tall. He adds no, the blessing of the Lord makes us what? Rich, and adds no sorrow or no toil. There's no toil. You don't lose sleep with God overnight about how you're going to do stuff when he's when he running the ship. Your sleep will be sweet at night. There'll be a breeze that come around your life. There'll be a breeze that come into your life. And there'll be an ease that come to your life. Now, while you're enjoying the ease, it upset and disturb other people. How come you have ease? But you, then you get telling about this breeze. Amen. Had not been for God, wouldn't have nothing. God's doing this. God's helping me. The Lord's on my side. He's helping me. He told me to do this, Lord, and all that kind of thing. So that's where that power and that potency comes into a family unit. So the supernatural will have the last say about how you come out. You go to a bank, and they say, no, but God's already said yes. And yes, we'll prevail. Well, that bank said, I mean, what the bank said, what God said. You know, and next thing you know, something manifests. It comes out. You come out right. That's the way she Family structure will be important in this time. God wants you to pay attention to him. Divine wisdom's coming. You're going to find yourself saving money. You, didn't, you thought you needed to spend all the God can have you put money aside, and you're going to, you're going to, um, he's going to point out to you investment opportunities. Now listen, don't go out here investing in people because they have good ideas. I'm, I'm going to tell you something that uh, Reagan said to me when she was younger. She started learning about money. She says, Gee, I ain't trust nobody about money but me and Jesus. <laughs> I said, Reagan, that's not a bad policy. That's closer to being right than wrong. <laughs> right? Just, just take it from your pastor. I've already done this. I've already put thousands of dollars in things that people didn't give me money back for, even though the money was there. You better know who you're messing with. I don't care how they make it look on paper. Put your name. Let me, that's part of my job is to warn you about this kind of stuff. Well, they're going to give me 4%, 8%. They got all written up on paper, got the lawyers involved. Honey, that's just one document. There's nothing over here behind the door you don't know nothing about. And that one's going to dissolve that one and cancel that one out. And, you, and you, they're going to take your money and you're gone. They're gone. They're going to dissolve that little deal you in. Mm -mm. Please, I'm, 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 I'm doing the father thing with you right now. Just because the money show up don't mean they're going to give you any of it. There's people just crooked like that. I mean, know what I'm talking about. I'll tell you this, I've heard this said from a man of God, I said, I'm gonna, he said, I've, I've invested in a lot of things and lost money. I've never invested in the kingdom of God and lost anything. If God invites you into an investment, go, do it. If he tells you to do something, do it. You'll never lose with God. This man invited me in this situation. I thought, boy, that sounds good because when you're hearing big money and, and making you look like if you, you're slow if you don't catch it, well, you must be slow. No, you ain't slow. You be real slow. When you get slow, be slower than that. Be so slow that they lose interest in you.
I'm trying to, you, you want to know how to go fast in life? Go slow. I'm trying to help you. I got, I got this insight from men who are extremely prosperous. So put your, put your vehicle in low gear and go slow. Low, slow. And you will end up in some powerful places in life. Listen to me, guys. Don't be trying to... No, you, you head it down that, in a ditch somewhere, and every time you put your foot on the... He's going to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. End up in something you can't get out of if God don't rescue you. Low gear, slow. Everybody around me, and that's what I teach y'all, Terrence? Very good. Everybody, you get close to me. That's, that's my language. Man, I got back. Well, you take your little finger pop and step on over there somewhere. <laughs> all that fast talk and all that nothing. Go on over there, boy. <laughs> Nobody's studying this. <laughs> I put $25,000 of my own money in a, in a deal that I couldn't get released from God to do. He was saying nothing. He was just watching to see what I was going to do. Just watching tell he was, it's coming. He didn't say nothing. Coming. Then I started reasoning out. I said, well, if it don't work out, <laughs> it ain't going to destroy me and my family. They're going to put it in a bad place. So I'm going to do it. So I reasoned it out. Guess what? Didn't work. You can see God like, did I say anything? No. Then why'd you do anything? So you learn from what God doesn't say as much as what he will say. If he don't say nothing, don't do nothing. So I couldn't blame him. But he recovered me. He did recover me. I learned a lesson out there too. So when people start dangling that stuff in front of you, Luring you, seducing you. You can tell when you get your pride out of line, it, it, it's the wrong thing. You have to do that. Put it in low gear and go real slow. Only time you speed up is when he tells you to. But don't you run with people. And don't you run after you end up in a ditch somewhere. Disappointed with God, church, and everything else. Don't do it. Don't need to do that. That is a good lesson for you. But anytime God invites you into his systems, you'll always win. He'll set you up, and breakthroughs will come. They will come. You'll find yourself in elevated places, stronger places. It just happens for you. That's how God does it for you. So if you're preparing your tithe this morning, you make this very personal with God. You understand your rights and privileges as a tither. Understand that the angels are involved. I saw in there just last night, that I think it's over 20 times that the, 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 the Lord of hosts or the God of the angel, um, uh, the army, angel armies, armies, the angel armies is mentioned in Malachi and how involved the angels are with the life of the tither. You're talking about protected more. That tither, is somebody you don't want to find yourself at odds with who understands their rights and their privileges. So as you approach your tithe this morning and release your offerings, you make this very personal, make it very intimate. And as you finish, stand up on your feet, ushers get an envelope. Have they got the envelope somebody? Out to you. 
we're going to declare some things here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And then we're going to let whoever's coming to the altar. Okay. <laughs>